Amen. All right. My notes were not lost. All right. That's awesome. Uh, that's a good start. Um, I'm so glad you guys are here this morning. Uh, we, uh, uh, let's, as pastor asked me a, a couple weeks ago, to, he was going to be taking this trip, and he asked if I could preach in the morning, uh, on a Sunday morning. Let me just tell you, that's very daunting. Okay? This is what preachers are built for, Sunday morning. Uh, now, we have Sunday night, and we have Wednesday night, but they are built for this morning. And it's because, it's because we got visitors, we got folks that uh, maybe this is the first time they're hearing the gospel. And Wednesday night is usually your, 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 your uh, home group church folks that are just coming Wednesday night and getting Bible study and getting, uh, getting the word of God and getting salvation messages also. But, but Sunday morning is the, is the big show, as we call it, or they call it. Or I don't know if anybody calls it that, but it's the big show. So it's daunting. So I, I, have, to, uh, I have to keep that in mind. Um, not let it be, uh, make me nervous or anything like that, but, I, but I, there's, a, there's a precious thing about this time that we have. And we don't want to waste your time. Don't want to go, ah, oh, that's, I, I know that. Whatever. You might. You probably do. Some of you are better scholars than mine because I'm not a scholar at all, so that's probably better than me. But it, it's, it's vitally important, the messages that are presented on Sunday morning, because, because uh, we have folks that have, have, uh, have uh, maybe never, never heard the message of Christ and what he did. Uh, talk to the guys that got their brand new Bibles with them. So happy you guys have them. I hope you're digging into them. Start in the book of John. We're in the book of John today. Some of the most famous uh, verses that, that even guys at football stadiums know what this verse is. John 3.16, right? Amen. Have it memorized. Very easy to memorize because you just, just uh, live it. But, but I chose some verses, and then um, I want to expound after uh, because I thought um, my title of my message, let me just get to that, is uh, Why Not Christ? Why Not Christ? Now, I started off, Why Christ? But then I, it immediately took me to Why Not Christ? We've been uh, teaching in, um, uh, in our adult Sunday school class, and I highly encourage you, if you've never been to our 10 o'clock Sunday school, there's Sunday school for everyone, uh, from the littles uh, all the way through the adults and senior saints. Uh, so we meet here at 10 o'clock, and, uh, um, and we've been studying Paul, the Apostle Paul, uh, probably one of the greatest preachers and, um, that there ever was, and a man who came from, uh, from a life of hating God, hating Christ. He thought he loved God. But he didn't realize that Christ was the Son of God. And when he came to, so, so we've been studying him, and we've been talking about his burden for the Jews. He was a Jew. He was a Jew of the Jews. He, he uh, uh, was a scholar. He knew everything about the Bible uh, at that time. Um, uh, the New Testament wasn't written, but he knew everything that the Jews knew and more. And so much so, it made him zealous uh, to um, to. Uh, propagate uh, Judaism, and to squash Christianity, this thing that is uh, infecting uh, people uh, about, and that's anti-Jewish, anti-Bible, he thought. And then he met Christ on this road to Damascus, and he came to know the Lord, and he realized that Christ didn't throw away what he had learned. Christ had fulfilled what he had learned. And so he was... He was uh, uh, burdened 
for fellow Jews to know what he knows now and share the gospels that they, they too could have a life with Christ and eternal life with the Savior. That question why, might have been, why not Christ when he talked to him? When he opened up the scriptures, he said, well, why not Christ? The scriptures talk about, uh, point to Christ all through it. So why not Christ? Why not Jesus? That, that still holds today. That everybody has to come to a point where they have to ask, well, why not Christ in my life? And some have said, yes, I want Christ in my life. And that's by accepting Christ as their Savior. Some have said, no, blatantly no. And in this world today, we see that a lot. Blatantly no. And some have just said, I'm not going to make a choice. And guess what? The not make the choice is to say no. So, but why would, why would people not want to accept Christ? What are the barriers that prevent people from accepting Christ? Now, there could be a myriad of barriers that would prevent any one person from maybe coming to, coming to the Lord. And, and there's studies, there's books out there. I, I, I was overwhelmed when I was looking and, and I say, okay, I cannot teach this message. This is like really high scholarly um, message about uh, uh, people's psyches and things like that and where society is. But so I said, but how, how can I share maybe what are some of the barriers that would prevent people from coming to know the Lord? And maybe look at it as a whole, whole view. So, um, so I could do the 50 points of why people don't come to know the Lord. We're not going to do that. Pastor would love to do that, and he'll do that in a, several, several sessions. But, uh, but I, in the spirit of alliteration, I chose three, and, uh, and, and just expound on them. And, and maybe it might help us to have a perspective. Um, if you're ever sharing the gospel, which we are told to do, we, if you're saved, you've got something to share. You've got a Savior in your life. You've got eternal life. And so, um, so uh, we, I, I wanted to maybe come up with three things. And, and again, in the spirit of alliteration, I chose the word P. So I got three. I didn't have another P, so we don't have four. So, so uh, three things. But um, so, uh, so let's start. Uh, number one, uh, <clears throat> and I've, I've gone over, the guys are uh, probably upset because I've gone over some notes already, the, some, some things. Um, uh, Verses, but and number one, perception. Perception. Have you ever heard the term perception is reality? Because in fact, perception is reality to you. Um, when I was in in the Air Force, and uh, especially as a as a young uh, commander or whatever, I always get new lieutenants in. Um, I know Josh gets these all the time too. And uh, you get new lieutenants in, and you got you, you're, you're, they've been they've gone through college, they they've gone through their training, and now they're getting um, now they're they're leading organizations, they're leading young flights maybe of of ten, fifteen. Uh, I think my first flight was a hundred guys, and I was boy was I intimidated. But um, I usually sit down with them, and I, I have to share that that welcome to real life. Okay, we're not, in, we're not in training anymore. We're not, you're, you're not behind a desk in training. You're now behind a desk that you have in your office. And, um, and you got to be a big boy or a big girl. And some of these lieutenants would be brand new married. You know, they, they got through the training. They got married and they're starting their, their military life. 
and I'm excited for him. I'm also very wary about what they're about to experience. Because welcome to the workforce of working with other women, or guys, working with other women, uh, uh, working with uh, young enlisted, working with just a, a myriad of people, and that you have to be responsible for how you behave and how you act and how you deal with people. And the, one of the big things was a lot of guys, and, and some, some of it was shocking to them. They didn't realize it would be a problem. I said, for, let's say, a young lieutenant who's male, who's married, and I said, um, perception is reality. If you go to, go to lunch every day with a female officer who's not your wife, or, you, or she's in your office working with the door closed, the perception is you're fooling around. That's reality to everybody else. It's going to ruin your reputation. And you, so you need to protect that. So you need to be mindful that, that you don't go. And, and you know, in this world today, that, a lot of that was foreign to people. Well, no, I can be friends with, with her. I want you to be friends with her. She's a fellow officer. You need to. But you need to protect your reputation. You need to protect her reputation. Right? So perception is reality. Well, for, for America today, I believe that perception is reality for a lot of people that, that have not come to know the Lord. And, and that perception might be they might, uh, it might be how they perceive who Jesus is and what it might mean to be a Christian. It might be the, the Christianity has too many handcuffs. Uh, Christianity has the no fun police, right? Um, uh, and and that's, that's, their, that's their, uh, their, their whole thought of, of, I don't want to become a Christian to change who I am. And I don't, you know, I don't want to not have fun or anything like that. That, you know, it, they might have, you might hear the statement, if I accept this Jesus you talk about, then I won't be able to dot, 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 whatever it is. Drink, party, do all the fun stuff that I want to do. Well, I guess I've got to have a counter for that. I, my counter is, uh, as a Christian, it's not that I don't get to, it's I don't have to. I don't have to. Again, those same lieutenants I would talk about, um, uh, we would talk about the, the you know, the, the, or, the, the, the parties or the get-togethers that we had to have in the military uh, as a unit, and a lot of times there's alcohol involved. And I needed to be there. It didn't mean I had to drink. And it didn't mean they did either. And I did have a few young guys that, that didn't grow up drinking and they didn't want to start. So you don't have to. And as a Christian... You may have been saved from that. You may have been saved from that. Um, that's just one example. That's just uh, one thing that people might be going through. Is that I don't get to do these things. Man, a Christian life is good. It is. I, I can't imagine. I, I'm, if you don't know Christ today, I don't know how you go through your life without having a, a Jesus in your life. It doesn't mean that that everything's rosy, you can ask some of the folks here. They're going through trials. But they know they got a God who's bigger. And they'll tell you, I can't imagine going through this trial without God. I don't, it's not that I don't get to, it's that I don't have to. Romans 6.18 says, being made from, uh, free from sin, you became the servants of righteousness. In Romans 8.2 for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus had made me free from the law of sin 
and death. There's a law of sin. There's a law. Sin brings death. It's like the law of gravity. You throw something up, it comes down. It's a law. Sin brings death. You know, this gets misconstrued by many Christians today. Um, when Paul said, um, all things are lawful unto me. This is in 1 Corinthians six twelve. He wrote this to the Corinthians. Um, all things are lawful unto me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful to me, but, but I will not be brought under the power of any. He's talking about those things that people deal with. Uh, and you know what? The alcohol thing, there's many Christians that have that conversation. That some, it's it's thing I get to do. You know, all things are lawful to me. Well, but you're under the power of it. I, I want to be under power of Christ. So I'm free from it. So what am I missing by not drinking maybe? Have you seen a bill that happens when you go to a to an already expensive restaurant when you buy alcohol. I get to be free from that. Um, that's just one thing. But so perception. Perception, I believe, uh, is one of the big things in America that, that uh, why people might not come to know Christ. Is your perception off? The way to, the way to correct that perception is to get into the Bible, to, to maybe talk to somebody who is a Christian, to, to, to hear about this Christ, to who can align the, the, the focus lens in your life. So perception. Number two in America, prosperity. Prosperity. Now, some people might say, I'm not that prosperous. Well, I beg to differ. Uh, in 2022, the average worldwide household income was $9,733 per year. In America... The average household income was $87,867. Over nine times that. Uh, 34.4% of U.S. households make over 100000 And if you are making over 100000 you are in the top 10% of earners worldwide. You know, we are the most prosperous nation on the planet. We are. I think there's been God's blessing on that. Um, I, I think, uh, um, but uh, we are turning from God. I don't think we're guaranteed that. But, and, and you know, the world looks at America as prosperous, and they know it's a Christian nation, Christian nation in name, and they equate that. Wow, these Christians. Um, and I'm not saying that so, uh, if, if you want to share the gospel, if our missionaries who go out to the foreign field and they're out on, in a third world country, uh, maybe somewhere in Africa, and you've, we've seen the pictures and we've seen the stories from our missionaries about getting a truckload of Bibles that maybe even we helped make, helped put together, and, they, um, and they're just overjoyed with the fact they have something to read. The oppression that they have in their life, and they don't have that, they cherish it. And we as Americans, well, we're prospering. I don't need that. I don't need the Bible. That's a, that's a book that, that's just gathering dust in my house, if I have one at all. But prosperity in America, too many individuals, prosperity gets in the way of salvation. I've heard it a lot. I built this successful business with my own two hands. I got promoted and I was highly successful. I followed my gut and I won in the stock market, in Bitcoin, on YouTube, you name it. 
I notice there's a common theme in each one of those. It's I. I. I did it in my own power. When it's all about I or me, there's no room for God, much less a Savior. I notice in those, those conversations, uh, it's never, um, I caused breath into my lungs and I was able to get up this morning. It's just, a lot of times that prosperity uh, is about money. Not just a good life, but a, but a money life. And what do we say? We, the money is the root of all evil. No, money is not the root of all evil. What does it say in 1 Timothy 6.10? For the love of money is the root of all evil. And if we as people are in love with money, then money is our God. Because you're going to love something, right? So much like uh, with perception, I, I have to have a counter. Uh, 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 the counter to this, it, it, it's not me, but Christ in me. But Christ in me. Uh, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. If I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me, I could do nothing without him. Prosperity has people looking at the temporal. They're looking at the now. They're looking at the, how do I get ahead now? How, what's about this life? They are not thinking about the eternal. They're not thinking about eternity. And I was just talking to Josh. I said, I have no problem teaching down there. But up here, there's something about just uh, water zapped from you. It just happens. Um, so, excuse me. So, um, but yes, prosperity, uh, they look at it. It's a temporal thing. Um, it's, it's this life, not the eternal. And it's an eternity, if it's not about the eternal, it's an eternity separated from God. I'm already at number three. So we had uh, perception. Perception is reality for people. We have, we have um, prosperity. And again, you might not... Uh, Feel that you are prosperous. You are. We uh, even if it's not about money, it's just it's just about you know it's it's my thing. I'm going to do what I want. I'm going to collect the things I got. It's it's you know we're I just we drove by this morning. First time I've driven by it since the walls are coming up. But Costco, that's the reflection of America right there. When you can get a a a 50 gallon vat of mayonnaise. I wouldn't want to be eating the last part of that mayonnaise a year from now, you know. Um, but that is America. It's an excess. When, when I grew up listening or seeing the news about what was happening in Russia and the bread lines under communism, and here we just go and there's any kind of bread you want to get. And it's there. It's readily available. The gas, we're not, we're not in the 70s, uh, some might remember... Uh, in line to get gas because there was the shortage and it was rationed and now I don't have any problem. There's a gas station on every corner. I just, just off of Earl Road, there's four, I think, right all together. They're all making money. It's prosperity, preventing people. It's all about now. It's not about eternity. Number three, and I think this affects everybody, Pride. Pride. 
Pride is saying, I don't need a Savior. I'm not a sinner. And you, and you got to wonder, um, it, was, it was really easy uh, years ago to, to delineate sin um, because there was the, the other side of the tracks. There was, there was the red light districts. There's things like that. Those are sinners. I mean, it was very, very easy to just delineate it. But now today, no. Sin? It's, it's turned a blind, the world turns a blind eye to it or, or promotes it. Uh, I was just, just thinking back, um, oh, what, it, some um, music awards show, uh, and one of the things, they were dressing up as devils. Uh, they were LGBT community. They're, they've now uh, taken in the devil with it because they know that's what, what loves them. And so, I mean, and, and people are just eating it up. It's so sad. He wrecks lives and he's wrecking theirs. The world, it turns a blind eye to it. Um, Psalm 10.4 talks about it. The wicked, through the pride of his countenance, will not seek after God. God is not in all his thoughts. The wicked will not seek after God. because of the, It's because of the pride, through the pride of their countenance. Pride, it affects everybody. It affects the Christian. It affects us giving ourselves wholly to God. counter to this we are all in need of a savior sin has wrecked all of our lives in one way or another and sin separates us from God Romans 3.10 says as is written none is righteous no not one and in 3.23 for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God sin prevents us America as a whole from coming to the Lord. It, and it, it wrecks. Satan, he gives, we talked about this morning, he gives counterfeits. He, he wants to, you to take anything but Christ. Take anything but Christ and you'll be good. Now I'm talking to a, a, a crowd of, 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 I would say most of us are believers in here today. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You've heard the gospel presentation uh, presented. You've uh, come to a point in your life where you recognized that uh, I need a Savior. I, I'm, because of sin, I'm separated from Christ. And I recognize what Christ did on the cross uh, in, our, in our text verses of what uh, Christ did on the cross. He, he came, he died uh, as a man. He died on the cross. Uh, he was buried. He rose three days later for my sins, mine, yours, each one of us. You've come to that recognition. But maybe you haven't. Or maybe you've heard it and you still have, are sitting on the fence. You know, Paul, I wonder if he was dealing with this with the Jews in the synagogues. The Jews, uh, their perception of Christ and Christians. Uh, they probably thought uh, Christians and Paul, they're heretics. That was their perception. Prosperity. The Jewish community, they, they have always done well with wealth. I think the Lord blessed them at times in their lives. He, he blessed the nation of Israel as he was bringing them out of, uh, out of Egypt. He blessed them as they were leaving Egypt. They literally were taking gold and silver and jewels. They didn't have to take it. They were handed it. 
from the Egyptians. And I believe that because of that, over time, the Jewish community has struggled with prosperity and really turning to this Christ who's not about prosperity. He's about salvation. He's about being, uh, being God to them. And finally, I know they struggle with pride. <laughs> Some of the proudest people in this, in this world are, are, are Jewish uh, 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 devout Jews. Uh, they, they, they're persons, their religion, their God, Yahweh, not Christ, Yahweh. So I have a feeling Paul dealt with these same three things, probably many others. But I guess we've got to come to where do you stand today? Where do you stand today? Are any of these three things or, or, or more coming between you and knowing Christ as your Savior? It's not a fairy tale. It's real. Uh, I have to trust that everything that's said in here is real. There are parts I struggle with. I'll, I'll, be, I'll be real. My wife and I will come away from uh, reading, uh, reading a passage in, in, in a devotion or reading a section uh, as we try to read through the Bible. Um, and, and we go, why did God let him do that? And why? And it usually dealt with women. It usually dealt with uh, just things that just, I just didn't like. God's God. I think, I think usually the problem I have is usually in the Old Testament. I'll be, be honest. I'll, I'll, I struggle with some things. But I still have to believe it's truth. I still have to believe it. They're not tales. They're not, they're not, uh, they're not uh, uh, fables. They're real. But Christ covers it all. Christ fulfilled it. Because of that, we're not sacrificing animals. You might like animals. I like animals. I don't want to sacrifice them. I don't want to have to kill them. I do want to eat them after somebody else has. I'm honest. That's why pastor's a hunter. God bless him. I don't want to go hunting. Feel free to give me some of that sausage that you make later on. And I'll take it. I, I, they, don't need, they don't need me missing <laughs> and maiming an animal that he has to then go kill. You know, um, But you know, Christ fulfilled so that we don't have to do that. He is the final sacrifice. I think it would be appropriate just to go back to the verses that we read. If you'll open your Bible again, John three fourteen. Uh, just a little perspective for those of you first time maybe hearing this. And as Moses lifted up the servant, serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Moses, at one time, uh, the... the uh, the nation of Israel, they had sinned greatly, and they were being, uh, people were being bitten by fiery serpents. And so Moses uh, fashioned a, a serpent and put it on a pole, and if you looked upon that, not worship that serpent, but if you looked upon that, you would be healed. It, means, it meant that you were looking on it, you were recognizing you had sinned, you were, you were acknowledging, and you would be healed. And so we, in John 14, it said, it's basically saying that just as that serpent had to be look, uh, lifted up and you had to look on it, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Who's the Son of Man? Well, uh, if we go back to uh, 3.15, we'll keep going. That Whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. And who is that? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. Who is his begotten Son? Jesus 
that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son, who? Jesus, into the world to condemn the world. He didn't come to poke his finger in your chest. He didn't come come to uh, um, call you out of your sin. The sin's already there. We're already separated. But he didn't come to condemn the world, but that through him, uh, the world through him might be saved. That means anyone, everyone can come to know the Lord. We've had a little aside, and I've got to be careful of asides because a, a lot of times I don't bring it back. But, you know, there are those who, who believe that uh, predestination, God knows who's going to get saved, but you don't, and I don't. Therefore, the Great Commission is, is active. The Great Commission of sharing the gospel, of, of sharing, uh, of going and winning and teaching John 20, 31, as we read. But these things are written, that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing ye might have life through his name. What is that life? That life is here. That we, we, are, we can have a great life with Christ here. But we're going to have an awesome life with Christ in eternity. It's a promise. And he is not a liar. He's not a liar. Uh, so I just wanted to take a look today at maybe some things that are, that, that, uh, to, to maybe get a better understanding. And there's some great writers um, uh, that talk about uh, the, the stumbling blocks that people struggle with today in our society with coming to know the Lord. Um, and it helps the Christian maybe understand perspectives and, and, and uh, maybe different uh, ways to share the gospel. But the, but the basic just is this. And I, at one point in my life, when I was in, uh, in seventh grade, I came to know the Lord. And it was on a Sunday night. And I'd heard the gospel preached many times. I, I grew up in a Christian family. My, my, uh, I, and this is where, what happens sometimes when I, when I talk about it. Uh, my mom was a spiritual leader in my family. My dad was saved in Vietnam. But he was uh, living a worldly life. Um, they still loved each other, and she prayed for him every day. And ultimately, he did come back to the Lord and finished his life uh, serving the Lord and loving God. But growing up, my mom was the one who was praying for us and, and sharing the gospel with us, uh, both in word and through her life. But it wasn't until one Sunday night that the Bible was opened and just my heart was stirred that, I've heard it, but I don't have it. I've heard about Christ. My mom lives it. She has the Savior in her heart, and I wanted him in my heart so bad. I wanted him in my life. I wanted him to, to uh, I had done, I was the good kid. Meet my brother, you'll see. I was the good kid. He's a great guy. He loves the Lord too. But still, I was separated from God, and I wanted Christ in my life. So, so I, at, uh, that evening, and I don't remember the date. I wish I did. Nobody in the church I was there, they didn't talk about, hey, remember this date. But I accepted Christ, and I said that I knew that I was separated my, from my, because of my sin. I knew that there was a penalty for sin, and I knew that Jesus came and was that final sacrifice to pay for that sin. 
I couldn't do anything out of myself. I, I, it makes me think sometimes when people say, you know, there's nothing you have to do for salvation. Well, yes, there is. You have to accept. So really, that's not true. You have to accept. You have to take uh, the free gift of salvation that Christ has for you. You have to accept it. And so I did that uh, when, when I was in the seventh grade on a Sunday night at church. And, and then I got baptized. Baptism didn't save me. It did, wasn't, wasn't the sealing of the sa- salvation. I was already saved. But I wanted to let people know that I did accept Christ. He's my Savior. You might be here today, and this might be the first time you've ever heard the gospel preached. And I'm so sorry that you're hearing it from me. I want you to hear it from my pastor, too. But the Bible can be, gospel can be presented by anyone that loves God. And God loves you, and God wants you to know him as his, as his Savior. He doesn't want to, uh, he's not there to uh, wreck your life and wreck your, wreck your plans. He just has better plans for you. So some of these things might be in your way. Some of these things, prosperity, it might be in your way. It might not be money. It just might be, I'm going to do things on my own. Uh, the American way. I don't need God. I think we do. It might be perception. Uh, it might be that uh, I'm not going to lose all my friends. Yes, you might. Um, it, I, I'm not going to be able to have fun. I have fun all the time. I'm fun right now. <laughs> Even though I've been up, you know, didn't sleep very well, just getting ready for this. But I'm having fun now. I have uh, the the Christian life. It's fun. Stick your foot in the water. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. And then might be pride. Pride, I think, uh, impacts all of us. That we all have some bit of pride in our life that's either preventing us from accepting Christ or maybe preventing us from giving ourselves wholly to Christ and letting him lead us as he would. I hope today somebody would. Hope today would be a change. Maybe, maybe as the Christian, might be a change. Maybe a day that, that you say, you know what, I need, to, I need to give myself more over to Christ. He's got a better plan than I do. Maybe for the unbeliever, and if you haven't chosen Christ as your Savior, you are an unbeliever right now. I pray today that you become one of God's children. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much, Lord, that we can uh, hear your gospel preached, Lord, even from uh, somebody like me, Lord. And I don't take this for granted. I don't want to take this lightly, Lord. These people are precious uh, to me as a church family and to our pastor as his flock, Lord. And I just pray that uh, um, the word that that you gave me and and, uh, the Bible, Lord, will, uh, will not return void, Lord. This morning, you might be uh, with your head bowed and eye closed, you might be hearing the gospel for the first time. This might be the morning that, uh, that you have to come to that decision. And it is a decision. It's a, it's a decision to choose Christ or to not. And to make no decision is to not to choose Christ. I pray today, Lord, if you, that, that, that the Lord would, would work in your heart right now that if you don't know Christ as your Savior, today would be the day. And Christian, Pray for those who, who've come. We have great visitors this morning. And Lord, uh, we, know that we, we know that you have something for them this morning, Lord. Uh, we just thank you for what you have. And in your name we pray, amen. If you'll stand with me.